0: They had a pen pal program where I got a letter from a a nun who was Mm. in a convent and she was assigned to me. And I was in that home Mm. for six months and I would get these letters from this person I'd never met Hmm. and she would tell me how much God loved me. Wow! She would speak my identity over me. She would tell me things I'd never heard. I mean, those were so life changing for me. I literally still have those cards. At this point in my life, having moved 45 times, or 35 (laughs) times, or whatever, a lot. And she was contending for my salvation and Mm. for my life at 15. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring. Where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm
1: Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us again our dear friends and co-workers John and Linda Thomas, and they're going to continue with their story. And this is about seeing the power of God to redeem and set free and launch into outpouring. Thanks so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net. And make sure that you have joined our email lists so that we can stay in touch with you. And we want to hear from you. If you could fill out a feedback form or send us an email at feedback at globaloutpouring.org. We would love to hear from you. Tell us where you're listening from and tell us what the Lord is doing in your life. And maybe you've got a prayer request that we can pray into, or maybe you've got an idea that, that you want to hear us talk about on this podcast. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life. And don't miss our bookstore and don't miss our blogs and the things that we have recorded on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. Join us on all these places and get connected with us on Friday nights. We're always recording something special from the Lord on our Friday night live worship. So John and Linda, thank you so much for joining us again today. We want to continue with your story.
0: It is so good to be here. We are we are so blessed.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We love you guys. We love being around you, and we appreciate the opportunity to share our stories.
1: Oh, man, we're blessed. It is just wonderful. You know, you were sharing with us on our last episode about, John, how you started to pray in tongues for your household and for God to do whatever it was that He wanted to do, and and so on. Yeah. Um, was was there some kind of a backstory about that? That like Linda, were you already praying something? Was there a book involved?
0: Yes, actually, there was. <laughs> I had started to read the Power of a Praying Wife right after John and I got married. It was really important to me to make sure that I had a godly marriage, and I was honoring my husband, and I was protecting his heart. And using that book, Power of a Praying Wife, really brought me closer to the Lord, and it also taught me how to pray for my husband.
1: Okay. And then, John, what happened with you with the book?
2: Yeah, well, Linda told me she was reading that book and praying for me uh, pretty early on. And I could see over the years, the Lord was changing me. And just looking back on it, I know that a lot of that came from the contending that Linda was doing for me. And so, you know, I started out very, very worldly in our marriage. And even though up to just a few years ago, I was still a lukewarm Christian, I could still see the fingerprint of the Lord in my life working, changing me, uh, changing the way that I was loving Linda. And I know that really a majority of that came from those prayers that she was praying over me. Those prayers are so powerful. When you're praying for somebody, your spouse, your children, your loved ones, whoever it is, those prayers are so powerful. And uh so I just encourage people, don't ever give up praying. Keep praying for people because it works.
1: Amen. 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 Was Was there also a book that you were reading at some point?
2: Yeah, so... About um, Power of a Praying Husband. Yeah. yeah I actually I actually didn't <laughs> pick that up until recently. Oh. And, uh, yeah. But so, but you
1: were exhibiting the power of a praying husband when you started praying in tongues, even if you hadn't yeah. read the book yet. Yeah. It's the principle.
2: <laughs> the principle behind it. Yeah. Uh, like, I think Linda had said when we were talking yesterday that uh, I asked Dean Braxton, I asked him, how do I get closer to the Lord? And Dean said, if I want to get close to the Lord start praying for your wife,
1: start praying for
2: your wife. And he recommended at that time that I pick up that book, Power of a Praying Husband. Wow. But, you know, I was still so lukewarm that that answer kind of frustrated me. (laughs) I wanted a much more spiritual answer. But but yeah, I realized the importance of praying for Linda. And so we have really developed a um, strong prayer for each other separate and together and i know that that has been very powerful in our marriage
1: Hmm. oh that's wonderful that's wonderful well let's go back and and talk with with you linda about a little bit more about your background and where you came from and and like uh were you raised in a christian home or what's your background
0: i actually was not i was raised in Unfortunately, typical for these days, a broken home, not in a Christian lifestyle. My mom grew up in a broken home with Mm -hmm. a controlling stepdad. And so, I ended up growing up in a broken home with a controlling stepdad
1: Mm
0: -hmm. in my younger Mm -hmm. years. And Sort of like history repeats itself. It it does. It's interesting to watch that cycle. We ended up moving around a lot, but we ended up landing in Las Vegas when I was maybe 10 And, you know, my mom, she was just looking back, she was seeking love and fulfillment in other people. And she Mm -hmm. didn't know it was really Jesus that she was looking for.
1: Mm -hmm. We
0: didn't have Jesus. And so, you know, fast forward a little bit and praise the Lord, she did find a relationship with Jesus when I was in my later teens. But what about you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, growing up in a broken home, I ended up with a lot of traumatic experiences when I was younger. And Mm. in response to those experiences, I ended up spending my teen years also searching and seeking from love for the world, you know, looking for that father figure I never had uh, for acceptance, for identity, and of course, unfortunately, always looking in the wrong places.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah oh dear uh, you're, you're you're probably glossing over a whole lot of detail by saying that. <laughs> not that you need to go into detail, but
0: I think everybody gets the picture. yes, if you can imagine it, it probably happened to me, mm-hmm. and you know, starting with maybe drug rehab at thirteen wow.
2: and yeah. um,
0: then at drug rehab at thirteen yeah wow yeah that that's kind of where running away on and off in and out of different group homes and stuff and basically just really trying to figure out who I was and find someone to love me. You know, my mom loved Uh me the best that she could, but not growing up with a father or a father figure that was loving and accepting,
1: I had no idea who I was. I had no sense of my own identity. So I was out there looking for it. So that's why it's so important for people to meet Jesus and to meet our heavenly father and get a, get a relationship established with our heavenly father, because that gives you your true identity, but that's happened. But tell us the stuff in between. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I, from,
0: about 15 years old I did end up in a state run Catholic girls home. Oh really? Hmm. I, yes. Like is that where you found Jesus? Um I didn't find Jesus. It was a Catholic girls home but I did Hear about a God who loved me. It was kind of in generals. I think because it was state run. They weren't, oh, there were certain yeah. things they weren't really allowed to do. So there was no salvation message. Mm. But but I didn't hear about a Jesus who died for me so that I could be free. Wow. But they started to pour identity in me. Hmm. Wow. It was really cool to be around these nuns that were praying and going to chapel every morning. And I remember they even had, this was so powerful, they had a pen pal program where i got a letter from a a nun who was Mm. in a convent and she was assigned to me and i was in that home Mm. for six months and i would get these letters from this person i'd never met Hmm. and she would tell me how much god loved me wow she would speak my identity over me she would tell me things i'd never heard i mean those were so like life-changing for me i literally still have those cards
2: Beautiful. At this wow. point
0: in my life, yeah. having moved 45 times, or 35 <laughs> times, or whatever, a lot. And, uh, you know, she was contending for my salvation and mm. for my life at 15. Beautiful. Beautiful. So don't give up on those broken teenagers that you find yeah. out there. Praise God. Amen. Amen. They need your prayers. They need your They need your dedication to praying for them. And speaking truth into their life. Even if it doesn't look like they're hearing you, they are hearing you. Their spirit is mm-hmm. hearing you mm. and holds on to those things for, forever.
1: <laughs> Amen. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, what happened then after you got out of that place?
0: The benefit of that, it got me off the streets. It got me clean. Um, I still didn't know who I was. I still didn't have Jesus. So, then by 16, I was pregnant with my first daughter. And here I am, a high school dropout, working full-time, pregnant, Mm -hmm. and living on the couch of a friend, and God intervened dramatically in my life at that point. It's it's a story that sounds so much like every single mom, pregnant, young story, but God threw a little three-line ad in the back of a magazine that said, Open Adoption. Pleasant Hill, California. And and I was in Vegas at the time. Mm. And just having somebody come up to me and show me that little ad, it opened up a world of open adoption for me that I was able to step into because I I didn't want to raise a daughter in the life I was living because I knew I had nothing. I didn't want to raise her like that. And I did not want to have an abortion. My sister took me to a crisis pregnancy center when I told her, my older sister, when I told her I thought I was pregnant. And when I walked into that place, um, I assumed if I was pregnant that I would get an abortion. Here I am, 16 years old. I'm already dropped out of high school. I don't have a really great relationship with my mother. And so, no one to turn to. Well, they sat me down and they gave me a free test, but they made me watch a 28-minute video on abortion. And back then... In, you know, in the early 90s, it was a real video that showed what really happens when hmm. you have an abortion. And I walked out of that place and I was like, there's no way I cannot do that. I, I have a baby inside of me. I am pregnant and I can't kill my baby. Yes, so, I thought, well, I didn't know anything about adoption except the stigma that that it's bad because everybody who... I had ever known that was adopted, you know, didn't know their parents. And it was very secretive. And it was, it seemed to be a bad thing. You know, like you don't love your
1: kid or or, or something like that. But it was completely the opposite. Explain what it, an open adoption is. Because I had never heard of it until not so very long ago.
0: It was beautiful. I um, contacted them and they sent me a 100 letters and pictures of families that had already been vetted that were ready to adopt. And I got mm. to choose. My daughter's parents oh and yeah. they were lovely. I got to go down the list, and if I didn't like them, I could pick the next ones and i could I could interview them all until I felt I had the right choice and Of course, God intervening. I had the very first couple I chose were June and Rod, and they lived in California, and they were lovely. I ended up, this isn't normal probably, but I ended up moving they moved me to California to live with them while I was pregnant. Wow. And I got I got medical care and I got to to see other girls that were pregnant and I got to have counseling sessions one-on-one with them like we had group sessions with these other girls that were thinking about adoption and the choice was mine all the way up to to birth and right after to change my mind with no condemnation. Mm-hmm. And uh it was neat because I got to live with them and I got to see what a sound marriage and a stable life looked like. It was lovely. But had, were they believers? They were not. They didn't know Jesus. And at huh. that point, I didn't really know enough to realize that that was missing.
1: Hmm. Yeah. 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 But, but, but you figured it out later. So, I did. <laughs> so you lived with them until mm-hmm. your daughter was born. Yes, Alexis. How much? How much have you been involved in Alexis's life? That's the beautiful part of open
0: adoption is she has always known me. She's always had pictures of me. I've gotten pictures and video of her growing up. There's never been a a secret about it. She's always known she was adopted. As a matter of fact, she, glory to God, June and Rod ended up being able to have a second child. So they have a child. And hmm. she, um, he always would grow up saying he was adopted because he wanted to feel special like she was. Oh, so, that's <laughs> so
1: sweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you got to be a part of her life from the get go, mm-hmm. and you could explain to her, she could understand that it mm-hmm. wasn't that you abandoned her, you Correct. you loved her enough to give her a better opportunity than she would have if you had kept her. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. If I had, and if I hadn't loved June and Rod so much and gotten to actually get to know them, you know, honestly, I never would have been able to give them my baby. It it was the hardest thing I've ever done.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine how complicated and difficult that would be because you, you know, you carry that baby in your womb Mm -hmm. and to bring that child forth and then not be able to, you know, nurture and carry in your arms and grow up and, grow her up. I, I, I understand what you did and why you did it. And it was the right thing to do, but I know it must've been terribly difficult.
0: Yeah. It was, it was the amount of love I had for her that I, you know, I didn't want her to grow up without the stability and that I knew and the love that I knew she could get from, from a, a mother and a father together.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what has her reaction been now that she's grown? Has she? Have you talked together about that?
0: Absolutely. We talk all the time. She loves me very much. I love her. Um, I'm close with her. And her mom, June, is wonderful. And uh, it's neat when we, the three of us can get together. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. She has since uh, accepted Jesus. So, she's Holy in the family God. of believers, too. So, How I have her for eternity. Strong. And I got yeah, to be man. an influence on her in that very specific area that she came back into our lives after I was saved. And I got
1: to influence her for the Lord. Chloe, um, God, praise God, That's yeah. tremendous. So how did you find Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was always there. Oh, <laughs> uh, Don't you love that? <laughs> but you just didn't yes, know.
0: I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. But you know, what was a blessing is after, since my mom did get saved, After I had Alexis, I came home to Vegas and I had a praying mom this time. So I was able to, even though I went back into the world for a few years and ended up getting um, pregnant again, and I ended up getting married um, at 20, the Lord helped intervene in those times. I got cleaned up um, and stable before I got pregnant. Um, which is what I had happened with the
1: Catholic Girls Home the first time. And so having a... Wait, 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 wait. When you say cleaned up, you were doing drugs up until that moment where you began to get cleaned up before you got pregnant each time. Each time. Isn't God good to take Mm. care of your children (laughs) that way, to clean clean the drugs out of your system before you got pregnant? Mm. I mean, you weren't even trying.
0: God did that.
1: He did it. He
0: really did. And it was, I really believe it was because of the prayers of the people around me. I really strongly believe that because, you know, to wake up one morning and be, and literally I woke up one day, I can tell you the date. It was March 23rd, 1994. And I looked at my life and I said, this isn't who I am. And I don't, I don't need to be doing drugs. And I quit that day. Wow. (gasps) I that mean, was the it was thought. dramatic. Oh, it grace. was, It was. Yeah. It, and it was the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know it talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, lo- look at your life. You know, I, he literally said, you didn't give up a child to live a life like this.
1: Wow. 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 Yes. <laughs> so you got, you, you got pregnant again and then I you did. married the father. I
0: did. And you know, s- cycles continue because I ended up marrying somebody who was very controlling and manipulative And, you know, after eight years of emotional abuse and infidelity, I realized that my daughter, Cheyenne now, who I loved and I had kept and was raising, she was growing up in the same environment that I had, Mm. you know, that I had grown up in. And so, again, God intervening, I ended up, you know, just a moment of opening your eyes and I... uh, Ended up leaving my husband at the time. I took Cheyenne and my dog. We fled, literally fled, and didn't take a car, didn't take anything with us, and oh started all over living in a friend's basement.
1: Wow. wow.
0: And so, I was still living in a very secular way, you know, the kind of like party on the weekends kind of lifestyle that most Americans I, that I know or knew before Christ lived that way. And, you know, you fast forward a few years and... We get a knock on the door when Cheyenne was in about third grade, and there was a little kid there from her school inviting her to go to church on this white bus that was sitting out front. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay. So, of course, I called the pastor and found out what church it was, and and I started letting her go. And it took about a year on that church bus you know, it was interesting because they invited me to all the special events. Cheyenne, at that point, she was in every play and she sang mm-hmm. every every special song at Christmas. And um, it was a Mother's Day brunch. I remember very clearly. I sat across. They invited me, so of course I had to come because she'd made me something, and it was Mother's Day, and she wanted to celebrate me. So I remember <laughs> coming into the church and feeling a little uncomfortable, <laughs> for sure. But I sat across the warmest like shiniest woman. Her name was mm. Robin. And she just exuded God's love. And mm. I, I, I didn't get that out in the world. She was just open mm. and she was non-judgmental. And I just instantly my spirit loved her spirit. It was like, wow, this is she knows Jesus. It's like and, and I don't know
1: Jesus. <laughs> wow. There is a
0: pretty big difference between her her spirit and my spirit. And so um I just knew she had Jesus in her life. It took about a year, um, but by March of 2005, um, I ended up with a very traumatic experience with an ex-boyfriend, and I found myself sitting in the gym of that church, watching my daughter Cheyenne play upward basketball, and just feeling like I I was at my rock bottom again. I was at my lowest point, and two very sweet older women came up to me, and they invited me to go to church the next day to their Sunday morning class for solitary women, and they were lovely. And I know now, looking back, they had been praying for me because I had come to basketball games and it was very quiet, and you could tell that I was of the world for sure. And <laughs> um, yeah, and so
1: you but know they that were been for for you. they were contending for you. They were. They
0: were. They were, and they the Lord set that up because they didn't even talk about it. I found out later, they both wow. came up at different times and invited me, and I was like, "Yes." Oh. I've never felt more solitary than I do now. Jesus, I will stop running from you, and I will come to church. Wow! And mm. you know, I went that week, and I literally just opened my heart up to Jesus Christ. And in that
1: moment, Praise in God. that
0: in that moment, and wow. I never looked back. Those those people in that church. It was an older fellowship in that church. And they loved me. They loved broken Linda, (laughs) still drinking, smoking, (laughs) cussing of the world. And they just (laughs) surrounded me and they just, they just loved on me. It was, it was beautiful and very much
1: needed. (laughs) Hallelujah. I I just want to make a comment. Um, What you described a few moments ago about Robin is what you have become. You have become (laughs) that woman that is exuding the love of God and exuding the joy of the relationship with Jesus. You know, it's like Jesus put her in front of you and said, here's the model. Here's what you're going to be. I'm calling you. I'm calling you into this. And and that's what you've become. It's just, I, I remember, you know, we had met. The first time you came here with with Dean Braxton, and then uh, we we went to Grace City Church. Uh, he was ministering there. I mean, that's where we attend, and it was the first time you had been there yes. because because you were there because Dean was there, and you you were kind <laughs> of sort yeah. of the area. Springfield isn't exactly close, but close enough. That, you know, you can stretch and, and make it be close if you really, really want to. the <laughs> church and alive
0: is worth the drive.
1: Amen. No, that's, that's amen. Good. <laughs> and then when you showed up again months later, I was at the front ministering something. I don't remember why I was even, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit would give me something and I'd come up and share it. And I remember looking out into the congregation and there you were glowing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Linda glows. glowing. You were glowing. You're just beaming. You're beaming the love of God. And I thought I think I know her. Where do I know her from? You know, it took a while for it to come back, but but when it came, it was like, "Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's Linda." And but you stood out in the crowd. And and I just wanted to encourage you that that you have become what you saw. It, it was like you saw Robin in a mirror and that mirror reflection made a difference in your life and so that's what you're doing for other people and listener, this is what you can do in other people's lives as you simply live for Jesus and just walk in that in that love walk with Jesus and you know you can tell when a person is in love. You can tell when somebody's in love. And and so, listener, you can make a difference in people's lives just by smiling, mm-hmm. just by beaming the love of God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take over, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Where were we in the story? You, you went to church. You gave your heart to Thank Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? And then I met
0: my Prince Charming three
1: months later. Downtown. Three, wow, three months. months later, and you yeah. were just you—you you had never sung hymns before. Mm-hmm. You had you had never <laughs> been a church goer before, and and this was this was like a Nazarene church or something. It was Is a that-
0: Nazarene church, and okay. yeah, we still had the hymnals. We did a little contemporary, but it was it was it was where I learned how to worship the Lord, um, in church,
1: and uh, uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, and then so you met. Prince Charming. I did. And John, what was was going on
2: for you? Yeah, for me, I had been called back to church by the Lord and was still also very much in the world, but uh, knowing the Lord wanted me at church, so I was going, I started attending this Nazarene church and uh, met Linda right away. So I think, like Linda said, it was very shortly after she had given her life to the Lord, I met her. And the thing that was going through my mind was, I've been a Christian basically all my life. I've loved Jesus since I was a little kid. But here, this woman was so in love with Jesus, so on fire for Jesus, so different than I had ever been, so different than anything I've ever had. (laughs) uh, It really just kind of threw me for a loop. It's like, yeah, I've called myself a Christian a long time, but this lady has what I need. She and, she provoked
0: uh, you to jealousy. <laughs> she yeah.
2: totally did. She totally did. I'm like, how is this? I don't even get this. But yeah, I want that because <laughs> <laughs> I still I still had uh, you know a cold heart. I still had a hard heart, mm. and um, so religious. really mm. religious heart. Getting to watch uh, Linda just love Jesus purely the way that she does really was so inspiring to me and helped me in coming out of that religious attitude. Yeah. Wow. Praise wow. Wow.
1: And, and then how did the Lord connect you together? Well, as in any Nazarene, good Nazarene
0: church, everybody gets together after and goes out to eat. And so <laughs> we had, all, I had all of these lovely older women that would, you know, in their 60s and 70s that would just, I'd go out and have lunch with all of them. And so John was standing there at one point and uh, we were doing the, would you like to go to lunch? Would you like to go to lunch? And he was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, but I can't this week. So how about next week? And then next week, we again, would you like to go to lunch? Yes. Okay. So we look around for everybody else that's going and they all deserted us. And left us by ourselves. It was a God setup for sure. Those yeah, girls were still praying.
1: I, I'm I'm <laughs> thinking I'm thinking that they were thinking too.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: they they did not stop praying for
0: me. <laughs>
1: Thank you yeah, Jesus. but I, I'm thinking that that there might have been just a tad of manipulation on their part, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, matchmakers.
0: Yeah, we started to date and it was really interesting because I had never dated anybody that knew the Bible or had biblical values. And so, Mm -hmm. um, John got to teach me. He got to teach me things like you can trust the word of God, the Bible. Like when I'd say, well, how do you know what's right? Or how do you know what to do? And it's like, open the Bible. And it's like, oh, (laughs) the answers are in there. You mean I can trust it? You know, and he taught me things like, like little white lies are not okay. Like, what do you mean they're not okay? That's how the world lives their life. Well, no, that's Well, if I say this and it kind of makes it right and it kind of, he goes, no, no, that's that's a lie. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) So things Um. like that. And then especially worship. I just, I remember our first date, I asked him, what kind of music do you listen to? And he said, Christian. And I went, no, like, like on the radio. And he said, Christian. And I went, oh, like they have like bands and stuff. He's like, "Yeah, they even have radio stations." <laughs> totally. I was totally clueless. I, I was clueless. So he made me a CD and he wrote all his favorite worship songs on the top front, you know. And I got to learn to worship the Lord that way, too.
1: Wow, praise Beautiful. God. So John, yeah. what what happened when when uh, the Lord when you were you were thinking about, "Is this okay for me to marry Linda?"
2: right? Yeah. I'd gone on a mission trip with my mom and my brother and some other folks from their church to Haiti, and while I was on that trip, I was really praying, asking the Lord, "Is Linda the one you want me to be with?" And I didn't get a I didn't get a clear answer while I was on that trip. But when I came back and was in church like the next Sunday, it was pretty quickly after we got back from this trip, anyways. I every other week would run the PowerPoint for worship. And so I was in the back of the church running the PowerPoint and also in a Nazarene church, you have very, very little freedom of worship. Like very few (laughs) people would stand up during worship. Very few people would raise their hands during worship. So, uh but Linda just loved Jesus, you know, and she didn't care what anybody thought. And that's one of the beautiful things about her. She's just such a completely genuine, real person. You know, she doesn't put on a show. She just, whatever, whatever is on the inside is what comes out on the outside. And what was on the inside of her at that point was Jesus. And so Jesus was coming out and she stood up and was just worshiping Jesus from like the front (laughs) row. And I'm Mm -hmm. in the back looking at her looking at her worship Jesus. And I heard in my spirit, yes, she's the one you can marry her. So. Yeah, that was cool. It was absolute confirmation, and uh, it's just a neat memory for us that uh, the Lord did it that way. While she stood up, the lone one to worship in the Nazarene Church, the Lord said, "This is this is your wife."
1: Wow! How beautiful! How beautiful! So, how did you break the news to her?
2: Yeah, well, I was in a big hurry to break the news to her, I guess, and uh, (laughs) because I'd been (laughs) wanting. I've been wanting to know. And uh, and since I got a yes from the Lord, it was like, okay, let's let's do this. So I
0: mean, she heard too, right? <laughs> oh, I had a yes way before that. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. I was not letting him go.
1: <laughs> Ooh,
0: wow. So he proposed that night. He oh, said, my. he dropped to oh. one knee at the front door and he said, I want to worship the Lord with you forever. Will you marry me?
1: Is that beautiful? And I said, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was wow. beautiful
0: and we were married we got married in 2006 and something really cool is that robin and her husband sang at our wedding
1: oh how oh, sweet wow. is that yeah. That's, yeah that's like a kiss from the lord
0: it really was yeah and mm-hmm. that was really it was cool because that was like the start of of me learning to be like a journey in learning how to partner with Jesus to be a good wife because I had never had a good marriage and I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to treat somebody.
1: And it hadn't been modeled for you just a whole lot.
0: No, no, I had nothing really to look at Uh, a little bit from June and Rod in California when I was pregnant, um, a little bit in the people in the church that I saw, but really I had Jesus to turn to and the word. So that's where I started. Wow. Learning how to be a good wife. Mm. Yeah. Proverbs eighteen twenty two in the passion says, when a man finds a wife, he has found a treasure for she is the gift of God to bring him joy and pleasure. Mm. And wow. So I, yeah, I really went on a journey realizing that my husband's heart was fragile and it was my job to steward and protect it from myself. Like I needed to protect John from myself, from words, from actions that would be harmful because you can't take those things back. You true. know, a man mm-hmm. is strong on the outside, but tender on the inside. True. And true. so Proverbs 31 in the Passion, verses eleven and twelve say, Her husband has entrusted his heart to her, for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. All throughout her life, she brings him what is good and not evil.
2: Oh,
1: that's beautiful. That is mm. beautiful. Wow, I yeah, should write I, that one down, honey. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back I like and study the way that. The passion says that. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful.
0: So it was really neat because God took me on a journey to realize that my words really lined up with either the kingdom of darkness or I could partner with the kingdom of light and I could mm-hmm. build my husband up. Yeah, and take all my complaints and hurts and things. If I took those things to Jesus instead of spewing whatever my flesh wanted to spew out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I could work through it with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and say, you know, he, you know, well, this is how I feel. It's like it, it very quickly. When you start complaining to Jesus about your husband, that, <laughs> uh, that shortens the argument very quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. That I is
0: good. It. Yes. He gets to the core of what do you need and what are you looking for? Because that's really what it is, you know? And then he gets to turn it around and, um, show me how to apologize quickly. Mm-hmm. How not to hold on to hurts, how to forgive quickly, and how to speak life over my husband. and that's mm. actually that power of a praying husband and power of a praying wife book is has helped
1: helped me with that a lot. that's Amen. tremendous wow. first peter three seven is talking to husbands, likewise, you husbands dwell with them, talking about their wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, because we are physically weaker. There's all kinds of things that our husbands can do that, you know, he can, my husband can tighten something much tighter than I can tighten it and things like that, you know, and he can, he can loosen things that are too tight. <laughs> take, can you take the lid off this thing, honey? I can do more than that. <laughs> well, no, of course, of course. That's just a simple little, <laughs> some simple little thing. Like there's loads of things that you can do that I can't and I'm grateful. So, um, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. In other other words, there's probably a better translation for this. Uh, I wonder what it's like in the Passion. Um, As unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Here's the key line here. That your prayers be not hindered. Hmm. In other words, husbands... If you want your prayers to be successful, Mm -hmm. how you treat your wife is going to make a difference. Uh, That's a powerful scripture, and you don't hear anybody talk about that often. It's very true. very good, yeah. Um, Let me just find that in the Passion just a second. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored for they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, this is this is such a beautiful story of a couple that the Lord has been working with in their lives. And now that you're both spirit-filled and you're both praying in tongues and you're both Keeping your eyes on Jesus, He has brought you so far in mm-hmm. in your walk with him. We, yeah. we talked about that in the last episode, some of the things that God is doing through you both. and the visions that you have for for things to come, you've been contending in your own lives for outpouring. You've been contending for the people around you uh, and you've been equipping. You have been adding equipment into your, into your toolbox for uh, serving the Lord and being prepared for whatever he has coming down the pike. I'm just, I'm just excited to see where all you're going to go. And I love the fact that we are connected for eternity. Amen. Amen. You know, yes. wherever wherever God takes us all in in the days to come, we don't know what that future holds, but we know who holds the future, mm-hmm. and we know that we've been connected for God's eternal purposes. Yeah. And his purposes for for the outpouring here on the earth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So we definitely have had an acceleration in the spirit since we since we both started praying in tongues. Yeah. And really getting into our word in a way that we've never gotten into it before. Um, It really has opened up our ears to hear the Holy Spirit and the revelations and the the directions He wants us to go. Mm -hmm. And it's really
1: cool to see where He's brought us. Amen. So would one or the other of you pray for our listeners and maybe pray for marriages and pray for the people that are listening and what God has for them in the future? Absolutely.
0: You know, and God really told me that it's important to share your testimony because it builds community and unity. And unity mm-hmm. right now in the body, and that's what the Bride of Christ is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. A unified, beautiful body working together. And I think yeah. as we share our testimonies with each other, mm-hmm. you can see how God has moved in my life and where I've come out of and what, and what God's doing in me can give you hope that what you're going through, you can come out of and there is a brighter day ahead. You know, I think as we each share... God's testimony of what he's done in our life, Mm -hmm. we can really have hope Mm -hmm. and see his glory and his eternal purposes and get more of a heavenly viewpoint on Mm -hmm. what's going on in our life.
1: Absolutely.
0: Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for everybody who's going to listen to this. Lord God, you are glorious, Jesus. The things that you have done for me and for others, for everybody. You love us each so individually. The love that you have for me is so different than the love you have for Sharon and Philip and John. But it's so perfect. And it's everything that I ever needed. And I thank you for the people that you put in my life, that prayed for me, that contended for me, that lifted me up to you, that kept me as a memorial before you, Jesus, so you stood next to me and you waited mm-hmm. for my heart to be ready to turn to you and for my surrender you waited for me it wasn't you waiting it was me that was waiting to turn to you and i just thank you i thank you for your generosity i thank you for your love i thank you for your holy spirit that gives us wisdom and gives us the gifts of healing and the gifts of just loving people well yes we just thank you mm-hmm. jesus we ask that you would help us to love others well that you would let us Pour out your love on those around us and release your glory everywhere we go. Yes. Keep us in an eternal mindset, Lord, to know that we are your light. And our only job is to worship you and love others. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.